Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. This is a, a GD mailbag edition, and with a very special project as well. That's right, so special projects. We uh, our agenda looks like this: mailbag. That's one, two, deep cuts, Al- album cuts, album cuts. Uh, that's that's two. So that's it. That's the agenda. That'll be long enough. Yeah. Mailbag by Brother Date. Uh, let's jump into the mailbag. Yeah. Um, going all the way back to July 26th, because we missed a week. Uh, Ryan writes, at Brother Date, hey mailbag, I also feel like my pickings are normal, thanks for asking. See? Do you ever take the harder picking because you're ready for a challenge, even when you know it's going to suck? Now that part I don't understand. Um, I mean... What does it mean to take a harder picking? Yeah, because there's slim pickings. Yeah. And then there's what I assume are fat pickings. I would think fat would be the... Would be the next one. Yeah. Although fat, I'll, I mean, that almost sounds that almost sounds good in a different way. But man, those were some yeah. fat pickings. Some fat pickings. Maybe you'd want. Maybe they're like. Chunk- well, fat pickings would be slim pickings is bad. So fat pickings. Oh, would that would be, be good. good. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I think it works. <sighs> man, um, I should never have asked the question, but it uh, it got a response. So I just you live in Tennessee now. Just ask any corn pone stranger what well, the opposite of slim pickings is. <laughs> I should do that actually. Just so we can be clear, so hey, I can get somebody. I'm in the from south. California. What do you guys call it when it's not slim pickings? I when got, it's like when pickings are good. I got one of these uh, dumb page a day calendars. It's like all about the South, and sometimes it will just straight put stuff. Oh, like which that page up. says it'll rise again? Mm, I think it's on the back of every page. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, they'll have some on there. It'll be like they'll be super obvious though. It'll be like much obliged. And I'll be like, this, and you're like, I know what that means. Like, I don't need a page a day calendar to tell me that. And it'll be like, cornbread. Like, well, like, okay, yep. We got that too, though. I've, I've had it many times. I like cornbread. I get it. Do they have, have you run across any, do any of the restaurants there have that uh, Mexican sweet cornbread? No, but there are a couple of places in town that just do the Mexican street corn. Oh, like, okay. Well, I that's like very pretty much. good too. But yeah, no, no, uh, no Mexican style uh, cornbreads that I've. That's just my favorite baked good that they do. Most Mexican baked goods are not sweet enough for my taste. The, the problem here is that the, you can't really find authentic Mexican food. It's very, very hard. So, like, are there still such as Chevy's Fresh Mex there, or is that out of? I, don't, I, I haven't too. technically seen a Chevy's, but I've seen a lot of things that are, that seem like they're probably Chevy's level. I see. Same tier as Chevy's. Uh, also on July 26th, uh, Ryan writes, yeah, please don't do four hours again. <laughs> hey, buddy, out of our control. That's right. It's literally nothing we can do about it. We are. We got, two, we got two options when we hit three hours and we still got to talk about half of 
a TOS and all of a TNG episode. And those options are quit doing this entirely or run for four hours. Yeah, we are puppets and uh, we're just on a string and the puppeteer is Jonathan Frakes. So (laughs) if he's doing something wild, we might have a long episode. It could go long. You just got to get used to that idea. If he's if he only pops in for a couple of lines, maybe it's the one with Lol and he's directing or something. Maybe maybe we can get in and out. I don't know, but mm. it, it is out of our control. Mm, I feel like we might have something to say about that episode. I know, but it's Spiner heavy, which will make me. Um, it is very. It is very Spiner heavy. I'll have a lot of resentment for it. Yeah, that is true. Uh, also, on the twenty sixth, Ryan writes. I've answered a few questions on leadership slash management, some on earthquakes, and for some dumb reason, one question on lamps, which means I get asked to answer on lamps now, apparently. (laughs) Of course, just like, hey, uh, we saw you answer that question about lamps. Got got 50 other questions for you about a standing lamp. You get one of those freestanding ones. I think I mentioned that my Vietnamese boss uh, gets questions on Chinese people all the time, and he's mad at Quora about it. Because Quora just tags everything as oriental. Yeah, it probably does tag it as Oriental. You're just you're just fucked. Here. Oh, it's a Texas as Oriental parentheses, not rugs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, some associated tags are inscrutable, uh, mysterious. I think those are some of the associated tags. Exactly. <clears throat> um, at Brother Date, Ryan writes, 40% lower than the national average. I remember that this was a thing that came up. And we this were, is about terrors, Luz. Yeah, and we were wondering 40% less than what. But now yeah, I don't it, actually remember the original stats. <laughs> so my question is, is it 40% lower than those same drivers in their previous cars? Oh. Uh, so like, you actually what's had the previous a question, rate for the same population? You had a sort of a question critique of the stat. I literally have forgotten the stat entirely. Uh, it says that autopilot is good. Because it has forty percent gooder. gooder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. more gooder. It's forty percent more gooder, and you would like that to be clarified. Yeah, but not enough. Not to the point where I go and read the study. I, you know what? That happens to me a lot. Where I will reject something, and then I will not go look for uh, for evidence. <laughs> I'll just go. You know what? Um, I don't believe that stat. I am not going to do the research to try to figure it out. Anyway, I'm. I'm I'm as pro letting cars drive themselves as anyone who has worked in computer science for the last 15 years can possibly be. Yeah. Computers are real dumb. They're real, real dumb. And sometimes... Here is the thing. There's a lot of real-world systems at play when you're driving a car. Yep. And um, would you... Would you... Would you drive a car that was, had an autopilot system that was programmed by Bethesda? God, I mean, it might... Because we know how they do with complicated systems I and their interactions. might get stuck inside of another car. Exactly. <laughs> Just like, be like, the oh, pixels uh, will be wrong. Whoops, cars are in the NPC sexuality subroutine, and now they try to fuck each other every so often. <laughs> That's right. Like We didn't originally program cars to have that ability, but it's just a whoopsie. It's a whoopsie, now the cars can fuck. No one wanted it. It was kind of unforeseen. Yeah, um, Marjan and I get into it sometimes about AI, because I definitely think that we've already, we've gone too far, and I need to go to the Boston Scientific building and kick over all their robots you can't kick over. Yeah, that's right. kick them over forever. And um, <laughs> my problem... You're ready to introduce the acts of Cumberland, basically. She's always like, oh, it's not like it's, it's, like it's going to be Skynet, and it's going to, like, 
come after us. I'm like, no, no, that is not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the people programming the computers. I'm not worried about the computers. I'm worried about the people programming them because sometimes people are dumb as shit. Yeah. Also, programming computers is really hard because computers are incredibly stupid. There you go. So you might think that what you have told a computer to do is very, very clear. Yes. Like extremely clear and straightforward. And then the computer's just like, Doug, I have no idea what you're talking. Oh, you left out of space. I get it. Yeah. So these are the problems that I am worried about. I am worried about people just doing a fuck up and it costing a lot. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. I mean, even, even in industries where people take safety very seriously, you still get a three mile island every once in a while, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's not like no one thought, no one thought let's play fast and loose with these nuclear reactors. Yeah, it's not like people were going, like, it's fine. Like, even if it melts down, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, also on the 26th, Ryan writes, uh, at Brother Date, the real deal, full frontal autonomy. Yeah. It's nasty. And again, it's only a matter of time until we get enough AP to unlock it. AP? I imagine. Okay. Skill points? Yeah, I mean, Magic AP points? probably stands for ability points or something in that I just, I don't know system, which, right? Which variation, which flavor it is, but yes. I just hope it's, um, you don't have to unlock it on every car. Yeah, like, like once, once you've unlocked it once, you can just take that materia over or whatever. Yeah, materia had it right. Everybody will get into it someday about materia. Have we got into that already? Oh man, I would love to do just systems, systems of Final yeah. Fantasies, a <laughs> retrospective. Yeah. I tried to listen to a Final Fantasy podcast, and uh, the hosts were um, a problem. It'd be fun to finally have some Final Fantasy content, given that I bit the Final Fantasy image style for our for the logo uh, podcast logo. Yeah, yeah. I think we. I don't know why, but we thought we were going to have a lot more to say about. Well, it. we. I think we briefly talked touched on the idea of what happened with Barrett and his arm. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, a few weeks ago, yeah. I actually think we didn't explain what we were talking about. So unless, <laughs> no, is everybody out there a Final Fantasy VII super unless fan? Someone's like real familiar with Final Fantasy VII, and they played like you get pretty deep in the game before you get that cutscene. I you think you got to get all the way to North Corral or whatever. Yeah. So um, unless unless people are are right alongside us there, that probably made no sense to them. Yeah. All right, well, we underexplained it. I think what you're saying is everybody wants more Final Fantasy content, and then we will bring it to you in the future. That's right. For sure. Yeah, brother date. Still Ryan. Going to be Ryan for a while. Good. Uh, I'm definitely a team player, and not everyone loves autopilot. It's true. Mike uses his, but doesn't get a thrill from it like I do. I hope it's not a sexual thrill. <laughs> well, I mean... This nasty boy bought a hot tub, so now I feel like... Anything's possible. Is a uh, tub going in the in the car? Not as far as I know. Okay. Because then he could combine all of his weird perversions. You can bring your bathing suit. Come get in the hot tub. I'm not getting in your sex hot tub. Yeah. At Brother Date, he writes, "Oh man, remember the San Jose Stealth? They made like eleven thousand dollars a season." Oh, I'm surprised they even got paid. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I mean, that league lasted t- two years, something like that. I went to two games. Were they the NLL that. or the MLL? I can't. That's the NLL. That's the one that played indoors. Okay, because they had two at the same time, and yeah. I don't. MLL was know outdoors. If either still exists, you know, now that we have that soccer stadium, we probably could have had an MLL team. 
we didn't have a good outdoor space in San Jose before, but we embrace every everything that comes our way. Every minor league sports team, we're like, yeah, desperate. But come on, yeah, they got we'll the, have roller hockey. Shit, they got the Forty ers now. Isn't that enough? Or is they're still called San Francisco, so people are still, meh. I mean, that's yeah, I think it's they're around. still called San Francisco to the point that when the Super Bowl was, everyone got confused in, in San Francisco. Everyone felt tricked. <laughs> everyone was very confused. People from out of town were you pissed mean, off. You might have to drive an hour. It's, it is. I'm in stupid. San Francisco now. It's very stupid. It was a dumb idea. Yeah. Also, everyone hates that stadium now. I, I um, I've only been there for a non-sports event, but all I ever hear from people on TV and podcasts and stuff is that it is a soulless, uh, corporate thing. I've only been there for a non-football event too. What were you there for? Um, Marjan's department had a party there a couple of years ago. Oh. Okay. Like not. Like, I was there for Monster Jam. I didn't even go for a sporting event or an entertainment event. I went for a party. <clears throat> monster Jam. Highly, highly recommend it. I've always wanted to go to a Monster Jam. Bring earplugs. It's loud, but I highly recommend it. And this isn't like last week when I confused that with Roller Jam. No. I, I though I would be down for either. I would very much like to go to either event. I probably already told you trucks can do backflips now. I'm glad they always seemed like they were trying and they couldn't quite figure it out. Yeah, they'd go up one of them uh, ramps and just kind of land on their butt. But I guess now they can do the flipsies. <laughs> Uh, moving forward to the 27th here, Ryan writes, uh, boy, I really do not know my SNL. I didn't either. Uh, well, that was a tough I list. had forgotten that Robert Downey Jr. had ever been a part of that. Yeah. Number one on the list was idea. a tricky. Because obviously no one remembers that. And then he was in every Avengers movie or whatever. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a tough list, though, because it, it really just came down to some random shit. Like, I did some voice acting in this Pixar movie that made... $400 million or whatever. I already forgot who that was, by the way. Uh, Hater was number two, I think. Oh, Bill Hater. Okay. After Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he did a Star War also. Yeah, I didn't know any of it. I, 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 I had the list, but um, I was reading off the cards like Trebek, so I didn't. I didn't know. Also on the 27th, he writes, At Brother Date, we should definitely throw you a party. This is episode 102 now, so. It's a little late. It's going to be sad. I think we now. won't. Yeah. It would be sad to throw a 100th episode party by episode 103 or something. Shouldn't do it. At Brother Date, he writes on the 30th. Oh, I'm sorry, let's cut back to the 28th. Okay. You know, a, 26, a circa 26-hour Star Trek marathon weekend wouldn't be that bad. I think it'd be bad. It'd be really bad. Is the 26 hours all the dumb movies? God, probably. Is that what can, the... no, it's, can it only be 26 hours? There are 13 of them now. Is it only the non-Kelvin timeline movies? Oh, maybe if we did stayed out of the Kelvin timeline. But then that seems like too many hours. They're not 2.6 hours each or something. I mean, 26 hours would get you through a whole season, I guess. Oh, yeah, maybe that's what he's talking about. Just knock out a full season of... Man, I feel like I, I've come uh, close enough to that in my past. <laughs> you've had some You've had some <laughs> weekends where you might have got through most of a season of TNG. Yeah, I don't... I don't feel the need to do that anymore now that I've seen all of them a hundred times. Yeah, but, but when I had uh, pneumonia two years ago, I did rip through them. Yeah, you caught so That's up. what started this whole nonsense. Yeah, uh, Marjan and I were almost all the way through our run, our latest run. And then you got the huge pneumonia, and uh, you caught up super, super quick. Yeah. On the 30th, he writes, uh, 44.72 kph. 
Also, I'm out of sequence again. I don't know. I forget what I said. Is that 30 miles an hour? Something like that? I fucking know. That I don't know. Lost to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like I like it when they're a little bit more cryptic than that. That's just a number. I, I like when there's like a full sentence and I literally cannot remember even like remotely what it is addressing. I like the thing when uh, Ryan was talking about Ben and some bear in the woods or whatever. Or <laughs> you couldn't remember what the fuck. I didn't was know that. what the fuck he was talking about. It was nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't write to Brother Date in the middle of having a stroke. <laughs> Wait. Wait until the stroke is done. Yeah. I mean, your your face won't move as good, but other than that, uh, yeah. that's the time to do it. Uh, then you, and your current name is Parnographic, although oh, it won't yeah. be by the time they read this. Yeah, good old Legget Parn. Into that dude. Uh, you linked a uh, college football thing that said in 1962, Mizzou played all 10 regular season games in stadiums called Memorial Stadium. I forgot I had tweeted that. Um, yeah. That shows you uh, what it was like. See, everyone's like, oh, there's all these corporate naming rights. It's ruining sports. But it's <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. I mean, was it cool when every single stadium was called Memorial Stadium? Was that better? That's a fair point. Like, ah, oh, yeah, Memorial Stadium. Wait, which one? Are you talking about in Lincoln? Is this Oklahoma State? What are you talking about? Yeah, they played uh, Berkeley. Yep. They played in Minneapolis. They played in uh, Columbia, Missouri, of course. Yep. They played in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, as you said. Norman, Oklahoma. And, uh, <laughs> and then after the regular season, they did play in uh, Houston, Texas. So that was that, that one, was the first non-memorial yeah. stadium they played All at. their regular season games were Memorial Stadium, which is uh, kind of wild when you look back at it. That's one of those things that... Um, I'm glad there are things like the College Football Encyclopedia and uh, all of the reference pages that exist. Oh, so someone can, still had to notice that, but that was cool. Yeah, so you can randomly come across something like that and go, oh, wait a minute. Well, okay, all of them. Uh, on the 30th, Ryan writes, at Brother Date, finishing that quest, what was it, the crown? And getting all the damn jewels everywhere may have been a mistake. My elf was carrying around like $100,000 in jewels. The Crown of Baron Zaya, I presume he means. Oh, the one with all the, the mystery jewels. That yeah. You have to get checked uh, but then maybe the after you guild. get it, you pick up a lot of jewels or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I've never completed that one. I'm just going to say it. I've never felt I, like going I installed and... a mod that would put markers on the map where all the goddamn jewels were. Okay, that's probably... I wasn't going to fuck around forever. Yeah, I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't in the mood to go around collecting those. I don't blame you. I haven't played Skyrim in a while. I should probably boot it up. Oh, except RDR2 is coming out in a couple of months, so... Yeah. I may not have time. No, I bet that's going to be an hour eater. If it's anything at all, it will be. Uh, on the 31st, Ben wrote, at Brother Date, on Quora, I actually answer a few questions, too. I don't know why I care, but it's something I get a hankering for every couple of weeks. Following military, business, firearms, uh, venture capital, valuations, etc. Mostly I just browse people I follow. And then he names three people I've never heard of. But if you're Bryn, Lackey, or John Davis, is the guy who wrote um, Garfield? John Davis. That's not right, is it? No, it's for sure John Davis. Okay. John Davis of Garfield fame. Something Davis, right? Oh, fuck. I don't know about Who did Garfield? Man, I don't, know, I don't know about Garfield. Uh, what? Jim Davis. Jim Davis. Yeah, yeah. there it is. And, of course, the character is John Arbuckle. 
character, the man. Oh, that's probably what I did. In the Garfield. I confused the man and the character. Yeah, the Garfield man. You know him. He, uh, he follows up. I think the frequent answer provider Quarrens actually get paid to provide content and or do it to drum up in- interesting interest in probably their other writing products so they can stay in ramen. Orson's got card has started posting nonstop lately. That must be wild. Does he? Do people ask him how come the internet didn't be as good as what you wrote? Yeah, because that's my main complaint about the internet. Is I read Ender's Game when you I, thought the internet before was the World be Wide amazing. Web existed, and I was like, this seems good. There are these like, people having adult debates, and their voices are taken seriously, and like you can become a whole president of Earth if you write good enough. That's right. Yeah. Also, you can make words scroll around your friend's computer that say something. Instead, like, it's, I love your button. I love your button. I want to touch it. Or oh yeah, that too. I forgot about the desks. Yeah. Those were cool. They had iPads. Uh, cover your butt. Bernard is watching. Bernard is watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot who was a butt watcher. Yeah. Um, just watch her when the teachers are around. That's but right. But everyone knew what he was watching. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm mad because uh, it's 2018 and the internet is just, uh, for $90, you can buy these rocks to stick up your clam. Yep. Yeah. Clam rocks. No, nah, can you bleep that out? When you edit, can you bleep that out? I'm not happy about having said clam. <laughs> okay. It's not going to not gonna be good when Katie hears this one. <laughs> well, uh, what's the deal? We can't. We can't use different terminologies for the lady parts? I was just trying to mix it up. Because you could say, because we say all kinds of things for man parts. You could call, them a, call it a hog. <laughs> I do mostly call it a hog. You call it a horn. If you want. <laughs> yep. The Howard Kramer would approve. <laughs> uh, on the 8th, Ryan writes, uh, CAD drawings for orbital sander are public. Science equipment censored. Duh. Okay, now I think he did have a stroke. What happened there, buddy? <laughs> he did have a stroke. First of all, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Not sure. Did we talk about orbital sanders I've at all? I've never talked or... about that in my life. Uh, I rarely talk about CAD drawings. Of scientific drawings? I don't. I don't know. I used to talk about CAD drawings occasionally when I worked at Oxford, but very rarely now. I don't think I've ever brought yeah. it up on a podcast. That makes it sound way classier than it was. Oxford? He did not work for Oxford University. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, different. O- I should say on assignment. I'll just say the parent company. When I worked for on assignment. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a long time since I've used those words together. Yeah. Um, and then uh, finally, Ryan uh, tweeted a meme. It is a picture of uh, Garrick and Golducott looking at each other sideways. And then it says, uh, keeping up with the Cardassians. And then underneath it, it says, this I would actually watch. I would watch it too. I would yeah. even watch it cut together like a reality show. I'd watch oh, it. man, I'd love those Garrett confessionals. Yep. No, I actually think the Ducat ones would be, would be better because he seems Garrick's so better petty. when he plays off of someone. Yeah, and plus Garrick's a little sly. Ducat's very petty. I have a feeling he'd have a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking shit to say in those confessionals. Let's um, close up the mailbag. Do you want to tell people how they can get us a yeah. mail? Yeah, I do, but I don't remember how. Uh, just tweet at us. T- tweet at us at brother you could Date. you could send us an email but uh you know it might go to my spam filter and i'm getting so much chinese spam <laughs> these days that that thing is like a disaster hey, i get a bunch you... of chinese spam and a bunch of weird extortion attempts yes. from someone who found uh, a password of mine that was leaked like 10 years ago 
And they're like, hey, I've got your password. I found it because you were watching a porno and I logged into your computer. <laughs> and it's like, nah, dog, some fly-by-night uh, web uh, like web store, probably I bought a hat for dad or something on <laughs> Uh, 15 years ago it had a security problem and that password got leaked but uh, I haven't used it in a long long time yeah, so. do what you want with it but keep sending me these threats about how you have video of me beating off the pan <laughs> and you're going to release it if I don't send you $200 by the it's way, a wild new wild new thing that's happening by the way, if you've this, ever had a password stolen this laugh that I'm giving is exactly the laugh I would give if I got that call that is the most hilarious attempt at extortion it's very bad. Do they not know that boys don't care if people see them beating their meat? Yeah, it's like, you. first of all, usually I have to kind of corner a woman so she can't leave <laughs> yeah, the room. Yeah, right, I'm dying for someone to take a look at this. Uh, I'm listen. hoping they're as fascinated as I am. I bet they will be. Ordinarily. <laughs> I mean, I crap with the door open and all that. Like, who gives a shit? What are they, you Ordinarily, think I'm I have money? to have a lot of power to force my subordinates to put up with this. I'll give you $40 if you release that video. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's such a wild, that's such a wild attempt. What I get a lot are the very, very fake ones. Like, the IRS is after you. This is your last oh, yeah. notice. And it's like, yep, no, they're not. And why do you have this very thick Indian accent? I don't understand or this. Or it's like in your in your spam email, it's like, I am the commandant of the IRS. And you're like, no, though you're not. Here's the thing. <laughs> I hope there's not one of those. If there is, I'm going to feel really stupid about deleting we, this. We don't have one of those. Uh, do you ever get work email that is legit that comes from somebody that you need to talk to that goes to your junk mail? Because it fucking pisses me off when that happens to me. I mean, every so often. I got one guy that reliably his emails go to my fucking junk. And no matter how many times I go in and I go, this email address? This email goes to inbox. <laughs> it right. still goes to the junk mail every time. <laughs> and uh, I check it because I know what happens to that guy, but I don't remember to check it. Like, all the time. So it's always, so go, like, two days have passed, and I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. You work at a real company with, like, employees, so people yeah. probably can't just guess your email. Yeah, there are enough variations that I've seen people use at UL that it, you might not want to do it that way. Right, but, like, I work for a startup, so um, people are pretty good at just um, typing my name at mycompany.com right. and sending me emails. So I, a lot of the spam I get is... Try our new product we're trying to sell your company. They don't care that I'm not the decision maker. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, I get two or three of these a day. Salespeople are um, scared. Yeah. I think scared is the right way to put it. And they will just do anything. Anything to show that they are trying to sell things. Well, as a salesperson, mm. is it because it is a, already a fallback career? And yes. you're like, if this doesn't work out. Yeah. Whoa, what? No, what? Essentially, once I realized I was stuck on this treadmill, it was like, how can I get the best version of this? Right. I need to get the best version of this career. And I feel like I'm in it. Well, that's good. So, so I do feel a certain amount of pressure to be like, oh, I got to stay in this. Or else I'll have to go back to working for cable companies. I don't want to go back to work for uh, on assignment or whatever. Right. The VP had 19 HR complaints against him and shit. Like... <laughs> I can't I can't live in that world anymore. I'm too old. You can only put up with uh, sales nonsense, like with a really bad sales nonsense, when you're like 25 or under. You can't do it at my age. Yeah, I think the uh, if someone is, 
is uh, in a in a nonsense environment and they're over thirty, it's because they're the nonsense. That's right. They are uh, providing a lot of the nonsense, uh, right? For true. Um, but yeah. So anyway, they're scared, so they'll do whatever it takes. Like seriously, they'll just they'll bother the shit out of you. I mean, you've told me about people who are just like calling you, calling you back, calling you yep. back again. Saying I'm yep. gonna call this so and so since you're not helping me, and you're like, what? Yep, yep, yep. Who gives a shit? <clears throat> it's um, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. But hey, everyone's got to work, I guess. Does everyone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm. we have a project. Are we done with mailbag? We're done. Mailbag's done. All right. Okay. We've been talking about it, teasing it, so everyone's real excited. It lathered, so to speak. Uh, we, I, I wanted to do this list for a long time, but I knew it would take a shit ton of research, and it did. Yeah. Uh. So, we did, uh, Track Ones. Yeah, we did that a while back. Track Ones was, um, I mean, I don't care if it was good to listen to on the podcast or not, but it was a huge success in that I was really happy with the playlist that came out of it. Yeah, you can just throw on the Track Ones playlist and be like, oh, yeah. It's one of my go-to playlists for sure. Burnout? Okay. Yeah. That was on there. Right. So, um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I had, because I, I, for some reason, I don't remember the name of that song, um, even though I considered it for this project because it's eligible. Yes, I, uh, I also had it on my, on my list. I'm starting to wonder if it's my favorite Green Day song. Oh, it's a good question. It sets the tone very well. It, really it should have done better in the track ones, but there were so many good non-Green Day songs. They get in and out on that one. Uh, yeah. But this is a more complicated project with a lot of extra complicated rules. Because yep. I am my father's son, and so, so the simple the simple question that you asked, and then we started to work out what it might mean. Yes, was what if we did the same thing, but just all best album cuts, yeah. just the best album cuts, best deep cuts off a record. Yeah. So we started to get into what it means to be an album cut. So the most basic thing is it can never have been released as a single. That's right. However, uh, that's not interesting enough on its own, no. because there are. Lots of albums. Most of my collection has never had a never had a single released. Yeah. So to be an album cut, it has there has to have been a single, and then we decided that the single had to be noteworthy. Yeah, because the difference between a, an album cut and a single that nobody ever heard is nothing. Right. Exactly. You know, it's not like. Uh, if you're like to somebody who doesn't know anything about Midnight Oil or whatever, if you're like, oh. Boy, have you heard... Uh, there were probably singles released off of Place Without a Postcard, right? I don't know if there were any released in the United States, but I don't think that matters. Well, if you yes. named one that was the single and you named one of the album cuts, they wouldn't You're know right. a fucking difference. You'd be like, uh, here's Busta Bondi. Yeah. It was not. The, the single off that one was Is It Now? And then you'd be like, well... <laughs> be like, I don't know either of those. All right, but so. nobody knows what Is It Now is, so... Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah, charting singles is what we were looking for. And we did come up with definitions for those. Just, I don't even know if it's important, but... Yeah, what the fuck, we're here. So anything that charted in the Hot 100 is eligible, and then any single that uh, charted in the top 40 in any of the smaller, like the more more focused Billboard charts. Yeah. So like uh, adult top 40 or... Um, Modern rock, you know, mainstream uh, R&B, hip-hop. Anything that was in the top 40 in any of those was eligible. And then the whole album is eligible, except anything that was released as a single. There you go. 
So any non-single from an album that had a charting single. Um, the result, and we'll we'll go into this as we as we talk about our songs. Uh, the result for me is that this playlist is not as good. Yeah, it's so much so, more complicated and obscure, and and a lot of really good songs lead off albums too. Yes, uh, yeah. So there are a couple of reasons for this. Uh, number one, singles aren't really a thing anymore. Yeah. So only bands that are on pretty major labels have singles released at all. Yes. And that cuts out a huge amount of my collection. Certainly cuts out a lot of modern stuff. However, I also have the other trouble that if I go back to uh, songs from most eras when singles were prevalent, I generally have greatest hits. So, like, I have a Four Tops greatest hits. Yeah, and we I weren't going to sit Drifter's there greatest hits. and do the extra two weeks of research to figure out where all those tracks fit on albums and things. Right. If, if any of... Yes. And if yeah, they were greatest yeah. hits, odds are they were singles. Right, and then I'd be like, I don't, and if there are album cuts from those other albums, I don't know any of them. Yeah. So I'm not going to listen to 800 hours of all of the Motown stuff that I have, trying to see if any of these songs are great. That'd be a fun project, for sure, but it it wouldn't work. And then, as we said off the top, it eliminates a lot of albums that just didn't have charting singles. So Yeah, so what you end up with, with on my collection is a lot of stuff from the 90s. Okay. And... So, like, just going through and taking a first pass at everything, I put three Semisonic songs on there. Because they had two albums that charted. You mean on, like, your original On my original list, list before I I even listened to them, right? Just going through and being like, I know the names of these three songs. Let's see if they're anything, right? I put a couple, they're a couple by Tonic. I put a song by uh, two or three songs from that Fountains of Wayne album that had Stacey's mom on it. Because <laughs> right? you were literally just going, this technically qualifies. It qualifies, and yeah. I'll decide. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know, I remember, I sort of remember these songs because when I buy an album, even if I bought it for the single, I'll listen to the whole album. So it's like, oh, I kind of remember that song. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, not everything in, in this list is going to be like a, an amazing banger, but I'm actually pretty happy with most of the songs on here. And it got me to consider some stuff that I haven't really thought about in a while. So, Yeah, and as I, um, I went through and did some extra research, I was looking online for people's like deep album cuts. A few weeks ago, maybe it was the last non-Star Trek, maybe it was the one before, I mentioned that I could not name more than two Neil Young songs off the top of my head. Oh, right. But then I went on a Neil Young kick the next week, and right. a Neil Young song made it into my honorable mentions, which we'll go over. So, yeah, um, yeah there was some exploration in there. Uh, there's a song on my list that uh, is a track one also, and would have been in the track ones list, except the album came out after we did the track ones. Ah. So, like, uh, the the process of doing this, I think, was worthwhile. I just don't think that when I'm driving in the car, I'm going to put on... Uh, any version of this playlist right. over my track ones list. Yeah. You want to jump right into it? Yeah, we're starting with honorable mentions. All right, honorable mentions. Um, so let's talk about Dire Straits for a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is a band that definitely had, was in the singles era, and for which I have the albums. And that's yeah. because Mom and Dad were so into them. I remember. Um, now, were they as into them as they were into? Same is it simply red? Is that a group? <laughs> well, simply, simply red did that song you couldn't remember. <laughs> well, I only remembered it from our house. 
That's why I was. No, that's it. madness. Our house is madness. No, uh, yes, from our shitty apartment. Is that a song? Our shitty. I'm apartment. not aware of our shitty apartment. <laughs> All right, sorry, everybody. Yeah, they were into Dire Straits for sure. Yeah. Um, but Dire Straits is also a band that has nine song albums, and five of them would be singles. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the. The Pickens were a little slim. <laughs> I was going to say, how were the Pickens on that? The Pickens were a little slim. They were not fat uh, for a, For a long time, the song Telegraph Road hmm. stayed on the list. Um, but it's 14 minutes long, and not all 14 minutes are good. Yeah. And it starts with a long, slow piano. And you don't hear Mark Knopfler play an electric guitar for the first minute and 40 seconds well, or whatever. Well, that's a waste of him. It really is a waste, but don't worry. He, it's 14 minutes long. He plays a lot of it. Uh, also sings quite a bit. It's kind of their weird epic about the birth and death of some town. Anyway, uh, I was surprised to see that, uh, that this song I'm going to play here, Down to the Waterline, was never released as a single. Okay. So, um, this is Down to the Waterline by Dire Straits. He thinks he's very cool. You remember, we used to run uh, by the way, this is a track one off their first record. Okay. Oh, this is an album one track one. Uh, the single from this that everybody knows is Sultans of Swing, which is a better song. Yes. The reason I think that's so, a really good pick is, <clears throat> like you were saying, it is not as good as Sultans of Swing, but everyone has heard Sultans of Swing 400,000 times. Uh, it's the one you'll hear on the radio. Like You're yeah. probably more likely to hear Sultans of Swing these days than even Money for Nothing. And I still have this in my top five Dire Straits songs. I really like this song. This is a, It's a very good song. Um, it gives you exactly what you want out of a Mark Knopfler guitar uh, in that, like... He picks it and bends it in all kinds of weird ways. He picks it and bends it in all kinds of crazy ways. But also, uh, one of the things that I've always... So, I'm on record, even on this show, as saying not a fan of guitar breaks, generally. Sure. Um, but his are interesting, and they never they always seem to go with the music. And also, he does this thing where he'll sing a line, and then he'll do a little tiny guitar fill. Where it's like, he's not singing over the guitar, and the guitar is not over him, but he'll like, here's my line... Don't Here's make him pick. It's like his picking between his kids, his beautiful, exactly. cool guy voice, and right. uh, his <laughs> his weird picking. He's like, no, you got to hear both of them. Um, yeah, that's the the, definitely one of my favorite uh, Dire Straits song. Early Dire Straits is generally better than later Dire Straits to begin with. Um, Typically, earlier everybody's better than later everybody. Yeah, usually they're more they more sound like what you want out of them. Yeah, but you know, Dire Straits was already I think basically done by the time I became aware of them. 
Oh, yeah. I think Brothers in Arms must have already been out by the time I, I was aware of who they were. That dude had been dressing like McEnroe for fucking millions of years by the time exactly. we were aware. Um, yeah, but that's an honorable mention for me. There okay. are, uh, uh, It's my first honorable mention. There, there were ten songs that I thought I would rather have on this list than that one, but I did want to start there. So, um, shall we cut over? Uh, do you want to do the same order, or do you want to go from five up? No, we can do the same order. Um, I'm going to do uh, an S-Pump song. Um, yeah. Everyone who has been paying attention, and I know you have been, to the 90s band's Power Hour that we do, knows that the S-Pumps have a special place in my heart. And that is because a lot of the 90s was garbage. But... <laughs> It's true. Um, a lot of people... Okay, so... God, what a famous asshole this guy is. Um, Billy Corgan uh, famously had like a nervous breakdown trying to uh, top Gish. The album Gish, which if you listen to it, is a dumpster album. Uh, but we, by the way, which you probably have never heard of. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, so if you've never heard of Gish, don't even bother listening to it. It's terrible. The nervous breakdown should have been because he should have thought that was the best he could do, and then he shouldn't be doing music anymore. But he was like, no, right. it's so but good, I have never to top had it. Siamese Dream, so... Yeah, and Siamese Dream was an okay record. There are some songs on it that are really good. Yeah, I think um, we, there are three or four, but uh, by the way, they were all hits. Like, yes. when I looked at the non-hits off Siamese Dream, I said, nah. Yeah, me too. Uh, which takes us to the double album that followed it, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which had a lot of hits, but it also was a double album. And had a shit ton of tracks on it. And yep. Marjan and I agree that this song, By Starlight, is actually our favorite song from the double record. Well, yeah. So the double record, the big hit is Bullet with Butterfly Wings, right? Yeah, that was the leading single off that. But it had a ton of them. It had like uh, Tonight Tonight and 33 yep. and 1979. And Oh, yeah. I wonder. 1979 might have been bigger. It, yeah, it was huge. It was one of, that's one of those uh, time, time of Our Lives songs. <laughs> Time of yes. Good Riddance? Is that good what that's called? Yeah, I think they might have just changed good the name of parentheses, Time of Your Life. So that people would remember what it was. Right. Um, where it's, yes, where it's kind of uh, nostalgic and feel-goody. Yeah. Um, so this is By Starlight? Yes. Okay. I don't know this song, by the way. Yeah. I can go up a little bit. My life has been empty. My life has been Guitar distortion going on in the background. 
kind of a chill vibe. Now, how cool, scale of 1 to 10, do you think he thinks his voice is? <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if he thinks it's cool. His real speaking voice, he's got like a super deep voice. Yeah, like, this is totally put on. I'm Billy Corgan. And then he gets in there and he's like, yeah! <laughs> and he looks like Uncle Fester in this era. And it's just not... He's a bad guy. We can just say that, right? He's not a good person. I think he is sort of known for villainousness, yeah. I mean, we've already talked on the podcast about how he used to wait for the other band members to leave and re-record their parts. Yep. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite asshole stories. Good job, everybody. You all did great today. I No, no, I'll just stay behind. I'll turn off the lights. Don't worry about it. You guys at home. Good job today. These fucking assholes. That fucking James Ehaw. James I'm going to play the guitar can't now. play the guitar for shit. And then just jump in and re-record <laughs> the fucker. Anyway. All right. <clears throat> Honorable mention number two. Honorable mention number two. So we talked uh, a little bit about Midnight Oil. Yeah. The trouble with Midnight Oil is that their peer, the, all of their good stuff is before anyone in the United States really heard of them. I'm not saying that there's nothing good on Diesel and Dust and Blue Sky Mining. Yes. There is good stuff there. But it's not... It's not wild. No, uh, I... You know... I briefly considered, like, uh, Stars of Warburton or um, Bull Roar. Yeah, Bull Roar was, was on my list. Uh, from Blue Sky Mining, I liked Mountains of Burma. Right. Um, but I see uh, you didn't I'm go gonna, with one of those records. I didn't. I'm going to play Now or Neverland, which is off of uh, Earth and Sun and Moon there. Jangliest record. <laughs> their, their most 1990-whatever, 1993 right. of records. <laughs> Uh, and the reason I'm playing this is because this one has been growing on me in the last uh, few weeks. Okay. So it came on. I put on my Best of Midnight Oil playlist driving home from, from work a couple of weeks ago. And uh, is it, Midnight Oil is always musically interesting in the sense that sometimes they'll just play a uh, an insane chord that makes you feel sad. The progressions weird. are very different. I don't. Marjan even can tell when I turn on a Midnight Oil song she's not familiar with because they do things that are different. They don't do what you expect. Um, I, I want you to listen. You probably haven't listened to Now or Neverland in a long time. It's been a while. Um, I want you to listen to the bass line because uh, I'm going to start the song about 25 seconds in, but the entire first minute, the bass line is an ostinato where it plays the same line over and over and over again. Okay. And I think it builds to a, a kind of a nice tension. Um, and about 35, 40 seconds into this, it, the bass line is going to change notes for a minute. I mean, I think it's like two and a half or three seconds, and I, I really like that release of like now we're doing something different, and then the chorus is different. But okay, uh, so just uh, particular pay attention to the to the bass here in uh, Now or Neverland. Cost reminds me of Super Mario World. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> It's on Lost Islands of Hope. And then right back to the same note. They would have kicked this guy out of the Paris Conservatory for this shit. 
man, this is such an Earth and Sun and Moon track. Oh, it really is. And the ending, especially. That whole yeah. thing, the whole, it's like, oh, oh, I see what we're doing. That's I saw last. the album art, so I know what we're doing. It's the last song on uh, Earth and Sun and Moon too, so I think that the uh, the ending of the song really polishes that record off. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that's what this sounds like. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of feels when that was playing because it has been a while since I've heard it, and I have very yeah. strong sense memories. It's not one of so this is one of the albums where like, I mean, they did Saturday Night Live on this album. I know. They went on was there, that a lifetime Trugamini achievement or something? That must on have been. Saturday Night Live. There's no way that album was more popular than the uh, the other two that came before it. That must have been a lifetime achievement. Kind of I thing. Had Columbia was pushing the uh, Truganini and My Country or something like that. Yeah, but they definitely um, played My Country, and I remember seeing him do some weird dancing. <laughs> it wasn't when they were on Letterman. That was for the next record for Breathe. Um, yeah, for Breathe. But yeah, and they, Letterman they was did. very scared of him. <laughs> I thought they were Bushmen, he says. <laughs> I thought they were Bushmen. You can bring the kids back in. I thought they were Bushmen. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know. And they they spun a bunch of uh, singles out of that record. Yeah. Uh, Truganini, My Country, In the Valley, Drums of Heaven, and Outbreak of Love. And that's like all the ones you think of. And you even Like, had... Drums of Heaven is probably the best song on there. It's pretty driving. It's got that yeah. driving shit going on. Uh, and you already mentioned that you, in the previous podcast that you had the Outbreak of Love single. I did have the Outbreak of Love single. Ships of Freedom on it. It had Ships of Freedom. Mm-hmm. By the way, I there know... There was no Wikipedia only... back then, so I didn't know that, like... Oh, in the first thousand LP releases of uh, Blue Sky Mining, there was an 11th track. But for some reason, after that thousand, they stopped doing it. So, like, I've never heard that song. Just like I only heard Gun Barrel Highway last year because they left it off the American Diesel and Dust because it has the word shit in it. Which is so wild. And just like uh, we rarely ever saw Data's Day because we didn't record it on our VHSs. That's right. We missed (laughs) that one in our our cycle. So Data's Day is the one I've seen the least. Yeah. Um, I know we're only in the honorable mentions, we're not making good time, but I will just say a bit about Midnight Oil. Um, we always talk about Midnight Oil a lot, and we talk about the music, and no one ever talks about his dumb lyrics that he clearly put so much effort into. He and the rest of the band. Uh, this is, it's kind of a classic, uh, Midnight Oil scenario in this song, in that I don't really know what it means. Yeah. And then, like... It seems to be about how we did fuck up the environment real good. Sure. But then when he says, dream a South Pacific dream of now or Neverland, I'm thinking, is this another refugee song? Like Ships yeah. of Freedom? I don't Like, are we know. doing a Ships of Freedom again? It's unclear. Again, even when I understand the actual words, I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. But anyway... Again, the best way to experience that, and by the way, Matt, I think this might, we might just, uh, maybe just do the honorable mentions this time, and then it, uh, <laughs> that might be a good we'll way do, to do it. Yeah. Next mailbag, we'll do 10 to 5, maybe 10 <laughs> to 6, something like that. Good. We'll have material for the other, the other shows. Um, the best way to experience Midnight Oil is to watch one of the YouTubes of one of their live concerts where he replaces the inscrutable things from the record with even more inscrutable <laughs> things. That, yes. It just sounds like it's high fantasy. <laughs> Everything in it's Australia. It's like, is this Midnight like Oil or is this an original Star Trek where we're talking about uh, uh, Cholock at Galorndon Core or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Everything in Australia and everything in Midnight Oil sounds like high fantasy. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll do my honorable mention number two. Uh, Ice Cube made a record called The Predator. 
it's an outstanding, outstanding album that featured the single, uh, It Was a Good Day. It Was a Good Day. By the way, so misleading. That is such a misleading single for that record. Oh, yeah, the rest of the this record is, is so angry. This is the angriest yeah. record. I always say, I miss Ice Cube when he was angry as shit before he was the Hollywood Flavor of the Month. Yep. When he was just angry, <laughs> because this record is gets me fucking fired up. And we know this is a good record, because, spoiler alert, this is my show up later in the list this record yeah that's right one of us may have picked another song from this higher up in the list um which is uh i would love to talk about it i just it'd be hours before we get there i like a few different songs on this record this is the one that i picked as a representative from the predator it's when will they shoot Fascinated. <laughs> they killed JFK in 63, so what the fuck you think they'll do to me? Dude, this is the angriest song I've ever heard in my life. It's well, a, I, the clip that I started with, we started 247 in, and it starts with yes. the KKK wears three-piece suits. And yes. it just goes from there. Negro Assassin. This uh, this record was released in the, verd- in the wake of the L.A. riots yeah. uh, following the Rodney King verdict. Yeah. And... Um, I've never. I don't have any other records where someone explicitly threatens murder oh, as much as Cube. And uh, we've talked about it and we love Tupac's song "Hit 'Em Up." Oh yeah, he gets wild on that. He does go. He does go wild and insinuate that he is going to kill Biggie Small's kids. Yes. Uh, insinuate is not strong enough. <laughs> no, he threatens. Yeah, he, does. he he says, "I am going to my folks will make sure all your kids make sure don't all grow. your kids don't grow." Yeah. yeah. Um. In another song, maybe the one I'm going to play, <laughs> yeah. uh, Ice Cube does uh, threaten that he will kill the Rodney King jury and whoever loves them. That's right, and whoever loves them. So yeah, it's um, it's wild. It's uh, the he combines. It, it is it is 
tackling social issues, but with a bombast of like a Mussolini. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's so wild and over the top. Yes, uh, he uses strong rhetoric. Yeah, it's um on, I on enjoy this it. on this record, the Predator. And again, you're right because um, it was a good day. It's so chill, and it is, and the flow just, is awesome. It, in fact, it's so chill that when he says he didn't have to use his AK, it's yeah. kind of corny sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unless plus you heard nobody the rest of he this knows. Record. Plus, nobody he knows got killed in South Central L.A. Yeah. But the rest of the record, he is calling people to commit murder. Oh, it is a murder record. And it it's, is a murder record, I mean, for sure. honestly, it's one oh, of, By the way, it's a very good murder record. It's, it's extremely my, well done. One of my favorite rap albums that I own, for sure. But uh, it was it was actually really hard not to put that in my top ten. But I, I the, the the thing about the anger is it's, it's it seems very honest. It mm. doesn't seem put on. No. And uh, he uses some strange turns of phrase. In some in some positions, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but dude, his when, anger seems legitimate. When they shoot, it won't be a cracker. They'll use somebody much blacker. Yes. And what I do is I call up the Ghetto Boy Crew because my mind's playing tricks on me too. Yep. Anyway, fantastic, fantastic record. That is. Um, boy, this next one is very different in tone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Breeders in the mid nineties. Uh, so the Breeders are Kim Deal's band with her twin sister, Kelly Deal. Right. Uh, Kim Deal was the bass player in the Pixies, and she sings on a few tracks like Gigantic and uh, a few things. So she's you know, she's of the Pixies. Uh, she didn't get along with Frank Black, who I think also might be an asshole. Oh, I don't think there's any might about it. Wasn't I think he it's just constantly likely... telling her that he wasn't going to play any of her songs because L- fuck her. Likely that he's a real asshole. Yeah. Uh, she she started the band The Breeders. Their second album uh, had the single Cannonball, which you yes. probably will remember uh, from the '90s. Kome staple. Um, this is uh, probably my favorite song off of the album. It's very simple, and her she's not an amazing singer. Um, but this is uh, Driving on Nine by the Breeders. Driving on Nine You could be a shadow Beneath the streetlights Behind my home Driving on Nine I sure Yeah, you weren't kidding. That was a uh, an easygoing jam. Uh, it really is, yeah. Um, the uh, engineering on that record is very bad. Everything's too quiet. You get one of these albums every once in a while, like uh, Motorcade of Generosity. <laughs> yep. Where you're just like, 
Come on, guys. I, there's head, like, I get that you can leave headroom so that you can hear the nuance and stuff, but, like, you could the whole thing could have been turned up. It's true that before, like, as every cake song starts um, on Motorcated Generosity, you hear somebody doing something in the background. You're like, huh. <laughs> huh. Right, I guess they didn't really care. They recorded this one on a public access show, I guess. Dude, that song was so chill, it reminded me of um, uh, the music at the Chocobo Farm in Final Fantasy VII. That's how chill it was. Nice. Nice Final Fantasy content. There you go. See, I'm giving what the people want. You know, I'm providing that uh, that FF juice. Yeah. Everybody's looking for. Our logo is not misleading. No, there it is. Uh, what do you have uh, next on your uh, list? I got a Sad Bastard song. It's um, it's off of Alison Krauss and Robert Plant's record that they did together. I don't know, 10 years ago? Something like that. Um, Marjan and I actually saw them in Boston. Um, when they were touring for it, but um, Boy, that must make this one of the more recent songs on your list. Yeah, let me uh, do a quick scan. I think uh, I think your number two and your number. I'm not sure about your yep. number four, but your number two I think is newer. Yeah, my two and four are probably around a little after this. A little after yeah. this. Um, so this originally this is some like an old school country song by like Gene Clark or somebody, but this whole record was. Um, uh, was produced by uh, T-Bone Burnett. So it has that... Um, it's got the country sound, but it, it's not hollow. It's sort of um, minimalistic, the, mm-hmm. the whole record. But this is actually one of the more lush arrangements on the record. A lot of good songs on it. Uh, Killing the Blues um, and a few others. But anyway, this is my representative from, from it. And um, I like it because it, it has Alison Krauss singing... What I assume heteronormally we're, we're supposed to think is the man's part. Uh, and I like it. Through the morning, through the night. I dreamed just last night You were there by my side You sweet some pedal steel pedal steel guitar yeah that's the type of slide guitar i like yep um really good good record i was surprised um because this is even before i was a big led zeppelin fan but um she's got a really clear voice she's actually like an award-winning fiddlist 
fiddler. Fiddler's probably the right word. Fiddler. And, Sorry, word for a type of crab. And um, she, I think she has like the record for most Grammys ever or something because she wins all the awards that no one cares about that are like bluegrass awards and shit. But she's really, really, really talented and, and um, much better than Robert Plant on that record. Yeah, I do feel kind of bad for uh, putting Kim Deal up against her. <laughs> well, it's okay because there was Kelly Deal there too. Yeah, I'm not sure if she sings on that song. It's okay. They have the their voices. They're twins. They're identical twins, but their voices are extremely similar. They're using twin powers, and uh, they're fine. Like the Kelly Deal Six Thousand could be another breeder's record. Anyway, uh, that's a good song. Yeah, I didn't feel like Robert Plant was doing much heavy lifting there. He, the, the whole album, he lets her do it because I think they both sang, and they went, "Oh, oh well, yeah. I'm like old," and <laughs> it's um, like. Like that Midnight Oil song where Emmylou Harris sings harmony, and you're like, "Well, you're kind of wait, you're kind of wasting her." Because I know what you sound like, uh, Peter Garrett, and it's not amazing. Peter Garrett. Just have her sing the whole fucking song, man. Yeah, what you, are we doing? If you really got a huge ego, you can pipe in a little bit in the background. But yeah, you should really let Emmylou Harris do the singing on this one. <laughs> if you brought Emmylou Harris in to sing, fucking let her sing. Yeah, yeah. So I think Robert Plant got out of the way a little bit on that record. Maybe T Bone Burnett made him. Maybe they just mixed him down. <laughs> Could they just turn him down and yeah. mix? <laughs> they just went, oh, that was real great work. Real great work, you Bob. Good, good Robert. You're really holding your own, man. You're doing good. You're not embarrassing yourself at all. So just turn that down. Just turn it down a little bit more. Just turn it down a little more. Yeah. Get that. Get T-Pain in here. Can we, see if he's got a, a version of auto-tune oh, you don't man. hear so much. Can I have T-Bone Burnett and T-Pain in there do, working on some shit together? Uh, that's got to be almost the ideal mix, right? That it would be amazing. What if they started a new a new super producing group and they were called uh, well, let's say NERD two and <laughs> yeah, then uh, no sorry this is the Neptunes uh, we'll call them Neptune. Pluto's just Neptune Neptune oh yeah that's strong <laughs> boy that'd be amazing uh, you would love to hear what they would come up with together what's next what's honorable mention four for you well so uh, next we're coming up to the Rolling Stones and the Rolling Stones are a little bit of a problem for this project. Because there's like the UK version of a record and the US version of a record, and sometimes they released something as a single in the UK, and then it shows up on five records later in the US. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit tough. They thought the they were p- living in like two different universes. They're like, what we're doing in the UK just won't work in the US. No one will. No, no one. Can, no one can tolerate this. <laughs> it's like you just make a whole different record, but call it the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not that. It's not that different. We could do it, guys. The Beatles are the same thing. I have all the Beatles records, and I was going through those and just going, what is this? Like, what are we what even I, doing? What's what's eligible even for this project? They had so many, like, non-album singles, and you're just sitting there going, wait, okay, but then this showed up. This was on Revolver, but then it was also on the Yellow Submarine soundtrack. And, yep. yeah, so. Also, the previous problems that you're talking about with the Cake record, where it's uh, the production quality is... Yeah, so uh, this one sounds like shit, but off of Between the Buttons, I'm going to play uh, Connection. It is the most interesting Rolling Stone song as far as I'm concerned because it starts halfway through the chorus, which I have always loved. So yeah. uh, this is Connection.
So, do you know sometimes people ask like, "What would you do if you had a time machine?" Mm-hmm, you would. I would love to just bring the Rolling Stones forward in time from the '60s and put them in a room with like um, the Neptunes, uh, Rick Ocasek, or somebody oh, sure, like right. whoever whoever put together Weezer's yeah. first album or Bush's first album. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, somebody who knows how to record a record and just like. And just tell him, look, these guys think they're hot shit, but do as many takes as it takes before they play it right. Convince and then, them uh, to stay in the room. Right, exactly. And not to go out and, and party like, 2018 style, because that's going to be a problem. Then we'd have a good version of these early Rolling Stone songs. Like, uh, Can you imagine if there was a, an actual good recording of Let's Spend the Night Together? I know. That, I was just listening to, the, listening to that, and it sounded so tinny. And I was just like, oh, God, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, so Elvis would always insist that when they recorded... They recorded live, right? It's like they'd get together yep. and they'd play live. But then he'd make them do 150 takes <laughs> right. to like get a good one. I I think it's clear that they're not using sound booths, right? They got together, yeah. they get the band in a room, they play the one take. They're not definitely not isolated from each other. We have always supposed, and I strongly suppose this, that they really do just do the one take. That they get in I, and out as fast as they can. That they get in there, they play the song, and they go, we're good. There's probably a version where someone breaks a string and they have to start over, but they're probably pissed about it. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, fucking shit. It's just, yeah, it is unfortunate. That was also my top Rolling Stones pick. It just didn't make my list. But it, um, but that, I think that's the best record and the best song. Yeah. Uh, the hits off of that record are like, uh, well, again, it's it's kind of up Confusing. in the air, but it's got, it's Let's Spend the Night Together, mm-hmm. Ruby Tuesday, Oof. what a stinker, Oof. what a fucking piece of shit, can you imagine <laughs> releasing that as a single? It's just so tough, you can't even get through one line, you get one line in, you go, oh, well. She would never say where she came from. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I actually did it better than Mick yes, Jagger, no. I'm sorry about that, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to fuck it. It's like when you're like, oh, I'm going to make a bad basketball shot, the ball goes in, and you go, oh, hold on, let me do it again. Oh, I was man. trying to do a fuck up. Uh, yeah, no, that's the worst fucking song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we agreed on that one, but uh, I think your overall list had better options than mine, and that's why they made it into the honorable mentions for me. I have a lot of albums from the early album era. So, like, right after that Beatles and Rolling Stones era that we were talking about. When people yeah. are like, "Ooh, albums! Let's do a concept record," and those songs like are going to fit together. Sixty-seven and... forward, right? Yeah, is right about when when people started making records. Yes, albums. like real albums. Yeah. So I have a lot from that era. So I think that's why. Um, but this next one was on the Neil Young kick um, that I talked about earlier. Uh, it's from After the Gold Rush, which is the album after the one with like Down by the River and. Um, there's another one on there that our parents always used to listen to. I feel like this might have been one of Dad's favorite albums, though, because I know the name after the Gold Rush. Oh, yeah. Again, I was like, oh, I can't even name more than two Neil Young songs off the top of my head. But then when I went through all, some of the early Neil Young stuff, I was like, oh, I heard all these one million times each in my own home. <laughs> yeah. Because like, our parents enjoyed a couple of things about hippie culture. One of them was the music. There was another one. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And it wasn't the politics. It wasn't the politics. Let's Um, just say that it's legal now. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, they were into shit like this. Uh, Anyway, so this is actually a track one, but I obviously didn't know anything about Neil Young when we did our track one list. Um, This is track one on After the Gold Rush. It's Tell Me Why. Tell me lies later. Come and see me. I'll be around for a while. 
The singles off this were Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Oh, man, yeah, a song everybody knows. And uh, When You Dance, I Can Really Love, which is also a pretty cool song. Um, But there were some other options on here, like Southern Man, which is pretty rockin'. Um, Yep. And um, uh, Don't Let It Bring You Down. Do you think Southern Man is a song that is more famous than it is listened to because of Sweet Home Alabama? Yes, Absolutely. Like, people know that there's a reference in there to the Neil Young song, Southern Man. Even if you didn't know, you could piece it together because he calls Neil Young yes, out exactly. in two ways. Yeah, he calls him out and um, in that great way that people do in 2018 a lot, where they go, how dare you call me out for being wrong? I'm going right. to be twice how, as wrong. How dare you criticize my ways? My terrible ways. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go deep on this song and talk about how Watergate doesn't bother us. That's right, yeah. Uh, Southern Man uh, is actually pretty rockin' like the album before it, which is more of a, 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 a harder record because it's with Crazy Horse. And um, believe it or not, that one I just played, he does not even sound at his most Neil Young. No. There are some I where mean, he really is comfortable <laughs> with his voice, and you go, what is he doing? Uh, Start at done, a lower register. Like, what do you, just stop. <laughs> I've done just one or two public performances where I have, uh, sung uh-huh. and on one of them someone told me you kind of sound like neil young and he went oh okay I'll and do. that was the last one i did <laughs> like I'm, that's uh yeah. all i needed to hear i guess i'm like huh first of all i don't write songs as good as neil young like I'm, and second of all that's the part people like <laughs> that's right like i really like uh don't let it bring you down but boy he is doing a neil young on that one yeah um so anyway i went on my neil young kick and he got included in the uh, honorable mentions well, good for him. Yeah. Uh, I one thing I, I enjoyed about sometimes I hear songs with acoustic guitar hmm. in them, and I think, how do they get that guitar to sound so good? When I play an acoustic guitar, it sounds extremely bad. Yeah. Um, that's not one of them. That last thing there that sounded like what it sounds like when I play the acoustic guitar. Ah. So I don't know if it's recording. You really or... do sound like Neil Young. Neil Young's not an amazing. Acu- I was playing an electric guitar, so I must have sounded like Crazy Horse to them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks very much, Mr. Hancock's, uh, British lit class. Um, uh, so we talked about, uh, how a lot of my initial list was also rants from the nineties. Mm. Uh, this is, this is one that just made it, uh, not a surf had the hit popular, yep. which is a, the worst song on that record and B doesn't sound like the rest of, uh, not a surf's oeuvre it would all. be hard for it to how could you have a whole band that that was their sound that song it's is ca- so different from everything else it's like how when you got when you went out and got weezer's blue album you're like this doesn't sound like the sweater song right yes exactly um except that it kind it does much more than uh, the popular sounds like the rest of not a surf so this is the last track on their album high low it's called zen brain i'm going from strange 
The song is kind of a slow build to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, for the first 20 seconds, I was like, what does this remind me of? Dude, put a Moog synthesizer on that. You got a rental song. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I thought about doing the rentals. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're eligible is the thing. I don't think Friends uh, yeah. of P went high it enough. It got some radio play, but I don't know if it, yeah. it charted. Um, that rentals album is actually pretty good, and yeah. th- I think there would have been some good songs to choose from on it. Yeah, uh, you know, in a way, it reminded me of Popular. There were things about it where I was like, okay, I guess I could see how these could be on the same record. But again, more, it sounded like The Rentals to me. But it, I yeah. like The Rentals, so that's good. Cool yeah, actually, The Rentals' second record is pretty good, too. I don't even, just, uh, I've once, once Rivers got done with school, no one cared. Yeah, The Rentals were not going to be a thing <laughs> once yeah. he was back in business. Uh, I also. Uh, what do you got? What do you got, Dan? I also have a '90s, uh, a kind of '90s reject as number fifteen. Um, it's the the Lemonheads. Obviously, they only had one good record. It's a shame about Ray. I know. Yep. I got the record after it. It ain't, it ain't that good. Um, yeah. Every time I've dipped my toes and I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. But Just go back to Shame About Ray. It's Shame About Ray. It's like a lot of good songs on it, but it's more like really solid all the way through without a standout. I would say. Yeah. There aren't a lot of songs in there where I'm like, that is a fucking jam. Uh, so I chose the one with the steel guitar again. Um, <laughs> Hannah, Hannah and Gabby. Got me watching your eyes, watching things go by outside Out the window of a train Easy sipping them, just seeing it fly left to right Pour the milk and I'll say when I'm out memories I get on this one are of you playing Legos. Yeah, me too. Every day and find the same 
I always liked that it sort of seemed like the guitarist was just kind of fiddling around in the back. He's kind of doing his own thing back there. Yeah, I think you made the right choice from that record. Um, weirdly, the one that I think about all the time is Frank Mills. Me too. It's been in um, my head a lot in the last couple of weeks because I was doing research for this. And I saw it. Well, I haven't heard that in a while. And I played it. And I went, oh, that's just really fun. It's a fun little song. Yeah. Um, it is a, I, there are reasons why the, the Lemonheads are an also ran. Um, they did that great cover of Mrs. Robinson. Mm-hmm. But like, if you listen to that song um, that we just played... The drumming makes no sense in it. Yep. Uh, it's it's extremely ordinary drumming. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare that I think I could repeat a drum part because <laughs> yeah. I have a total of like two hours behind a kit in my whole life. Um, but I think I could probably manage that one. It's like that or the Texas Tornadoes. I feel Here like you yeah, go. I, got it, I got it covered. Um, the bass isn't doing anything in that song. The pedal steel is just fine back there. Yeah. It's just um, it actually could even be higher in the mix. And like I said, um, but it's a good melody and it's kind of a, a good song. Like, there really are exactly mediocre. Yeah, and I actually I really like the whole record. Like I said, there isn't one that I that is a that I have on standby or anything. But that's a record you can just put on and just yep. be like from start to finish, be like, oh, yeah, okay, you can cool. play that one. Lemonheads, the '90s. I'm there. I got you. So that's why it is my fifth honorable mention. Somehow along the way, I have lost the Lemonheads from my what? collection. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't imagine that I deleted them intentionally because I've never had any problem with the lemon. It's not like how I don't have any. They might be giants on my computer <laughs> That's anymore. That's a good choice. And at some point, I was like, I don't, I don't even want this on my computer. I don't want it to come up on a random. Yeah, tour. you hate when it comes up. I don't want to be like, driving here's in the hoping car. You don't become a robot. On. Oh fuck! I forgot about that. Clang clang! Whoops! Too late. Um. So yes, just somewhere along the line, I dropped shame about race. I'll have to. Uh, yeah, Go down to the basement, I guess. I'm sure I've got it down there. Get that shit. Rip that again. Yeah. Uh, you're totally right. We have to do this in installments. There's no way. Yeah. We only got through the honorable mentions. We've been doing this an hour 20 or whatever. So. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be back uh, next mailbag to do, uh, I guess, 10 through 6. 10 through I think six. Five, uh, 5 rounds seems reasonable. We'll probably talk a little more about the ones that made the list. These were the honorable mentions. Yeah. Send us your thoughts about our honorable mentions. Send us some of your favorite deep cuts. Um, we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. I mean, this is the thing about deep cuts is the likelihood is you didn't know any of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how into the Lemonheads people were, but. Right. Exactly. I think we've talked about and maybe played connection before, but like, if you didn't, if you hadn't listened to us talk shit about the Rolling Stones endlessly, Maybe you would never have heard that. that so yeah, let let really us know happened. what you're hearing. Uh, I know Ryan has expressed surprise before. Uh, whenever I play a song that has any aspect of country in it, you put a couple on in in this one yeah. that are like that. Um, I don't know how he would feel about Neil Young. He doesn't seem real folky to me. But uh, driving on nine has a lot of country fiddle in it. So yeah, uh, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, send us your send us your comments next week. Oh boy! Next week is a Star Trek week. I'm so glad we knocked this out on a Monday. We are on the clock. (laughs) We are on the clock. We uh, we are watching the Deadly Years. Okay. 
So this will be fun. Uh, you also get to see Kirk in old age makeup. Oh, right. That's one. Okay. Okay. See how it compares to what actual old William Shatner looks like. Probably looks much better. I bet he looks a lot better. Bill Shatner is like a hundred now, and he, because of all the plastic surgery, does does not look that bad. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a guy who has made some questionable hair and fashion choices, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, we're watching Q Who. Oh boy, there's have a lot some, that happens in that one. Anticipate having some questions uh, in this one about some things, yeah. how the universe works, and what a Guinan is. What is a Guinan? Exactly correct. That's and, what I was thinking. Uh, for uh, Deep Space Nine, coming off of its two consecutive victories and its uh, Maquis arc, we're watching The Wire. I think it's a Garrick episode. Oh, that would be so pleasant. Love to sink into a Garrick episode. Right so after I hope a I'm, Ducat I hope episode? I remember that correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Voyager, Basics Part 1. That's so we are uh, coming towards the end, I believe, of uh, Voyager's season second season. Um. Yeah, basics one and two ended the season, so that's where we uh, that's where we are. Okay. And uh, for uh, for Enterprise, we're watching Future Tense, which I anticipate is about time travel in some way. Well, or seems like it. Sometimes their titles are real literal. Maybe it's just about Hoshi learning a language. <laughs> God, what if? Frankly, it is? frankly, I think that would be better than oh. an episode about the uh, temporal Cold War. I just looked at the the one line description of this episode, so. I see. Yeah, it's not good. I see. It's not good. All right. All right, so um, that's, what we're, that's what we're doing next week, and then the week after that, we'll return with this project in another mailbag. Again, at Brother And we Bay. might be cutting a week, right? You have a visitor from out of town. It's true. I do have a visitor end of the month. Yeah, that's going to be it. Yeah, that week will be out. So we're gonna so we might have another, another week. gap week. Uh, we'll probably be coming at you in early September with the next version of the uh, next uh, five rounds of the uh, Album Cuts playlist. That's right. All right, everybody. It was fun. At Brother Date, tweet us. You know where to find us. Bye bye. But keep sending me these threats about how you have video of me beating off the pan <laughs> and you're going to release it if I don't send you $200. <laughs>